0: It's good to be here this evening, and glad that you could be here on this midweek service, and certainly appreciate the prayer on my behalf, and also thankful for the opportunity to be here this week and next week to work with the congregation during this gospel meeting. And I've had the pleasure to do that before a few times, and and uh, it's it's uh, a very exciting time for us. I think the the guys that do this work a lot I really appreciate the environment that's here and the fact that we can come and have names that, that we can go and visit with and those names came from you and so I want to thank you for that and commend you for doing the work that has went into the preparation uh, for these lists to be made and names to be uh, selected for, for us to go out and, and uh, visit now there's several people from this congregation has been involved in that process of gathering the names and also uh, making the visits. So we appreciate uh, the effort. It's very refreshing to see that. And what we're going to talk about tonight is we're going to talk about serving others. But I want you to think about that as we go through this lesson in light of what we're doing. What are we doing? What are we doing this week and next week? Well, we're really serving others, aren't we? So you think about all the scriptures that, that you've read in the Bible, and you, we know that uh, there's a lot written in the Bible about serving others. And we know that Christ did that. He came to the earth and gave his life for that, the ultimate service. But while he was here, he served others. He taught his disciples to serve others. He, he emphasized that as being what we need to do. So as we go through these scriptures tonight, we're going to identify some things that are directly related to the work. But think about that as we examine what Christ taught us about serving others. And the title of the lesson is just that. It's serving others with the gospel. What greater service could you have to someone other than to teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now you might say, I I don't know if I could do that. Well you're a part of the process that can do that. You know, when you come up and give one of the elders or one of the other men in the congregation an evangelist or whoever you give it to, you give them that name and you say, you know, I know this person, I work with them, or this is my neighbor, or these are some people that that have just moved into town. Whatever that condition is, you're in the process of teaching the gospel. And that's no little thing either. Jesus expects us to serve others but he doesn't expect us to serve everybody at the same level he knows that we all have different talents we're going to examine that parable of talents and we're going to pull out some things in that I believe that are going to be interesting to us and, and the fact that, that I think we can self motivate ourselves to do even more and if it's your level of what you can do it may be that you do more of that because it takes that to serve others we're going to start in Matthew, the 20th chapter, verse 25. And the Bible says, But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know that the princes of, of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it, is not be so, but it, is, it shall not be so among, among you, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever be Chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to minister unto, but to minister, and to give His life a ransom for many. You know that was a very, probably a very confusing uh, thing to, to for them to hear. Now wait a minute, you you're you're the king, but you are going to serve people. But that's the concept that he was teaching. He was teaching that that the, the greatest among you will be your minister, the one that serves you. So as we go through this study tonight, let's think about that. What is servant? Servant is used 462 times in the King James Version. It's a very important term, I would guess, if it's used that much. So if it's used that much, then we know that there's some, and it's not always used in the same context, but it certainly is many times in the context of us serving others. So what we want to do tonight, we want to look at some Bible examples of service. We're going to look at the service that Jesus did. And then we're going to, we're going to compare that to some of the things that we can do. Okay. Let's start in John the 13th chapter. <clears throat> this is going to be on three different slides. I'm going to, I can see it best from there, so I'll read it from there if that's all right. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith, saith, saith unto him, Lord, does thou wash... Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, saith unto him, thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, and If I wash thee not, thou shalt have no part with me. So Peter is confused at that. He said, you you're not going to wash my feet? There's no way you can do that. I'm just, I couldn't do that. And what did Jesus say to him? He said, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part in me. Wow. No part with me. Can you imagine that, what Peter thought when he heard that? You know, Peter, he was kind of shocked at that, I think. But what did he say? In verse 9, Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my, my head. He said, when he heard that, he said, you wash every bit of me if I can't have any part with you. He wanted a part with Jesus, didn't he? So Jesus says here, verse 10, Jesus saith unto him, He that is washed needeth not to say, not save to wash his feet but is clean every whit. And ye, shall, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said, "Ye are not all clean. And that was the thing about Jesus. He knew who was going to betray him, didn't he? He knew the thoughts of people. And he said that there. So he goes on in, in verse 12 to say, so after he had washed their feet and taken their garments and was set down again, he saith, said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? So he asked him. he said, do you know what I've done to you? I mean, you, you can just imagine they're very confused at this. The king washing their feet. Verse 13, you call me master and lord, and you say, well, for so am I. So I am. If I then, your lord and master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. You see, Christ was teaching them a lesson, wasn't he? He was teaching them the lesson to serve others. To humble yourself to the point where you can serve others. And that is an humbling thing. I mean, you think about washing someone's feet. He goes on in verse 5. I'm sorry. um, Skip the page here. Sorry. Talking about Bible examples of of servants. Um, Let me go on to this. The woman with the ointment. So Christ here is, is telling about the woman with the ointment. And what he starts out in saying in Mark 14, verse 3 through 9 and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, a spikenard very precious, and she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation with him themselves, and said, why was this waste of ointment made? They didn't understand why that she was wasting this ointment on Christ. But what was she doing? She had this box of ointment, didn't she? And she was going to serve him, wasn't she? And the way that she could do that. That was her way of service. And maybe she didn't have any other way to serve Christ. Maybe she didn't have anything else. But she had that. For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and had been given to the poor. This is their complaint. This is what they're complaining about. You could have sold this and give all that money to the poor folks. And they murmured against her and Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me, for ye have the poor with you always, and whatsoever ye will, ye may do them good. But me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. she has come aforehand to anoint my body to the bearing. Verily, I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken. For a memorial of her. Now you think about that. How long ago that was? Two thousand sort of years ago, right? It's still being talked about. We're talking about it tonight. We're talking about that because it was what she could do. Christ said this is what she can do. And she did that, didn't she? Let's talk about the Good Samaritan. In Luke the 10th chapter, starting in verse 30, And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment, and wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he had saw him, he passed by on the other side. This guy's in trouble, isn't he? He's been robbed, beaten, left half dead. In verse 32 it says, And likewise a Levite, when he was... At the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But the, but the certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came there where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set on him his own beast and brought him to, the, to an inn and took care of him. So you got a couple of guys that pass him by. One of them looks at him and he do not he want any part of that. And this Samaritan comes along and he helps him. He stops. And he took care of him. He brought him to the inn. And on the morrow when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto them, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Now, which now of these three thinkest thou was a neighbor to him that fell among the thieves? Which one was a neighbor, he said? Christ says, who is a neighbor here in all of this story? Well, that was an easy one. And he said, he that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto them, or him rather, go and do likewise. So Jesus taught another message there of serving others. We have great opportunities to serve people in life. I think we have opportunities all the time. And what we think is service uh, sometimes may be a bit different. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think of service, are we are going to go give somebody food or or clothing or something like that? And that, those are good things to do. But again, I want f- for us to focus on the service that we give others when we give them the gospel. What a greater gift could you have? You think about your salvation and what you went through and who helped you in this situation. And you think about the sacrifice that they made sometime to to talk to you or me I know they made it on me and people reached out to me and helped me and I know somebody did that with you could have been a parent you could have been raised in the church term that we use it could have been somebody that you met when you were a teenager maybe you wasn't raised in the church maybe like me it was somebody that I eventually married that was raised in the church Somebody took the time to give you something special. Somebody took the time to serve you in that manner. And it is a service. So, as we think about our situation and what we do, we have to ask ourselves what about us? What are we doing? We talked a lot about people serving others, the scripture here, and what Jesus said. But what about us? What are we doing? Are we doing our part? Are we doing what we can? Are we like the woman with the ointment that that's what she could do? Well, that's a fair question. We saw what Christ gave us as an example. And we need to become with that mind that Christ had. We need to develop that mind. I think we could could develop our heart. And we can become a servant. If we've not been a servant, we can do that. I think it's something we can learn and do. That's what Christ did. In Philippians 2 and 5, the Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So we're encouraged from the Scripture to, to take on that mind of Christ. What is the mind of Christ? Well, he, what did He come to do? You know, when you think about His whole mission, it really was only one thing, Right? There was only one thing that, that Jesus really came to do. He did a lot of great things. But he came to seek and to save the lost. And that's what we're taught in, in Luke 19 and 10. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which is lost. So if we develop that mind of Christ, then is that going to be our mindset? Are we going to take on the mind of Christ when we think about others and... and how we can serve them in this area? We can ask ourselves some questions on this. Does the love of Christ show in your life, does it? Does the love that we see in the Scriptures that Jesus displayed to others and lived all of the time He was on the earth, do we have that in our life? What about sacrifice, time, money, effort? putting others before ourselves. The scripture teaches that as well. And the question, do you see it as being important? Is it important? You know, it was important enough that someone took time to teach you. They had enough care and enough compassion and enough reasoning in them to, to know that you needed that. I needed that. We all need that. That has not changed. You know, I think about the uh, Ethiopian eunuch. In the book of Acts, there's an, there's an account where the, the Spirit led the evangelist Philip out into the, a deserted place. And here comes a guy, an Ethiopian, and he's riding along there in a chariot and he's reading a scripture from the old law. So Philip asks him, he says, do you understand what you're reading? I'm paraphrasing this. He said, do you understand what you're reading? And the eunuch, he's reading it now. He said, how could I unless some man would guide me? You know, God could have just put it in our mind when we were born that at a certain age or a certain time or when we learned to read and write, whatever, that we would know the the law of Christ. He could have done that. But that's not what he did. What did he do? He left it to us. He left this responsibility to us. And just like Philip and that eunuch, people need to be guided. They need to be guided to the truth. And that's the reason so much effort is placed in in this work this week and next week. What are we trying to do? We're fulfilling the great commission right before Jesus he died he'd been resurrected and right before he went up into heaven <clears throat> he said go into all the world and preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things that is a, com- a commission we call it a commission that, that's our marching orders I guess you could say that's what we've been left with. That's our duty. Is to go into all the world and preach the gospel. What a great service that is. What a great service it is when you participate in that, sy- in that system. You know the elders have, have asked that if you have names, let them have. And that has happened. That's just not, that's not something that's been taken lightly here. You have responded to that. And you can respond in the future to that you can identify people that we can never identify. I don't know your neighbor. When I come into town, somebody says, okay, here it is, and they're all on a big list, and they say, this member said that that his neighbor might be interested in an invitation to the meeting. Now, the member that, that submitted that name has served his neighbor. You know, the Bible tells us to do things to other people that we would want done to ourselves. Do you want that? Well, yeah, you do. You did when you learned the gospel. And I have to equate that uh, to what we're doing now. I have to equate it to to what was done to me. And the fact that if if somebody didn't care enough, then I wouldn't, maybe it wouldn't have hurt it. But it was important to me. Is it important to you? Do you see it as an essential part of Christian living? Is that part of your Christian living? What you do, and do you see that as your responsibility? Well, do you? Oh well, you know we got several elders, and we got some evangelists, and we got members, and all of this that do all of these kind of things. And yes, they do, and I'm very proud of that. And I know you are too. But it, it is our individual responsibility. To participate in this to whatever level we can. And I do know and realize, and we're going to talk about the parable of the talents. And I want to pull something out of that here in just a minute that, that I think is very interesting, but but it is our responsibility. It is what we have been charged to do. And you know, we can talk ourselves out of that if we if we want to. We can reason in our minds why that we should not do that. We could say well, they're not, they They wouldn't accept an invitation to come to church. Or we could say that, you know, they're way too busy. They got, they've got kids in 4-H. They've got all of that. There's just no reason really for me really even try to do that. Oh, there's a lot of different things that we could say, you know. Uh, uh, they go to church somewhere else or whatever. It's a variety of things that we can come up with in our mind. It's the same pattern that we use a lot of time to not do the things that we should do, right? You may have some chore that you really don't like. You can come up with all kinds of excuses why you shouldn't have to go out there and fix that fence or whatever you're going to do or wash a load of clothes. It doesn't matter. There's things in our life that we shy away from, and this can be one of them. I realize that. But we can't do that. We cannot let those excuses dominate what we're doing. And sometimes, you know, I wonder if I might just use an excuse to relieve my conscience in this. And that's, that's, that's not what we want to do. We need to be guided by what our inner feelings are. And, and if it doesn't sound right, we need to go do it. And there's a spiritual benefit to serving others. A benefit to serving others. Let's look at some of those. It develops that mind of Christ that we talked about. The heart of a Christian servant shows the love of Christ. That's the benefit of serving others. Because if you go and serve others when they need that service, what are they seeing? They're seeing the love of Christ come through you, right? And those good works are a glory to God, not us. And I think about the Sermon on the Mount here at the end of that in Matthew, the 15, Matthew 5, rather, verse 16. Jesus is up there and he wind, he's winding down this, right, this uh, thought right here. And he said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You know, we don't do those or we should not do those good works to glorify ourselves. You know, the Bible gives us some imp- implications about that. We need to work for the Lord. And the Lord needs to get the glory. And He does get the glory. And I know you give it to Him. But those good works that we may do, we do good works, by the way. That's not a bad word. <laughs> Work is not a bad word. But you do those good works for one reason, and one reason only, and that's to glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And we're blessed to be able to do that. Well, let's talk about those talents. We're all given talent. But how are we going to use it? And I know there's a lot of people say, well, I'm just not, my mobility's limited, I'm I'm getting up in age and all this thing that we build in our our heart sometimes, you know why maybe we can't do it. But we all have a talent. I'm going to tell you, I've seen that here in this congregation. I've seen a, a mother that was very, very busy with little bitty kids that got out here and invited people to church. I've seen a sister that was the up in age. We won't say old. And she's out there giving names and saying, hey, you know, this guy, you can visit with him right here. It's not just the ones that do the vision. Let's look at Matthew 25. And this is a long reading, but I want to pull some things out of this, okay? For in the king the kingdom of heaven is as a trap as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. So you've got this guy, that, that's, he's passing out these talents, right? To one he gave five, to one he gave two, and another he gave one, according to their talent, in, according to what they could handle, according to what they could do. Now let's see what he expects from all of that, okay? And straightway he took his journey, and when he had received the five talents, went, went and traded them with the same and made them five other talents. And likewise, he that had received two talents, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord, who's, the Lord, of, those ser- the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with him. So he comes back. The Lord of the servants comes back. And and this is the day of reckoning. He's given one of them five, he's given one of them two, he's given one of them one. Now he's going to come back and, and let's see what you did with this, guys. What would you do with it? In verse 20, And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Now I highlighted and underlined that for a reason. Because as we read, I want to, we're going to get down to the guy that had two, okay? Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. In verse 22, He also that had received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. I think it's interesting to notice that The Lord told the same thing to both guys, didn't he? Why is that? Well, you might say, well, no, man. You know, that that guy that had five, he gained five. And the guy that only had two, he only gained two. What do you think was going on here? Those guys were out there doing what they could do, weren't they? His Lord said unto him, "Well, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things; I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord." It's the same thing he told the guy with five. Then which he had received, then he which had received one talent came and said, "Lord, I knew that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. and I was afraid." He was afraid. And went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, And gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at at my coming... I should have received mine own with usury. Therefore, the talent, there, take therefore the talent from him and give it unto the, him which have five, ten talents, rather. So the Lord was not pleased with the guy that did nothing. He wasn't, he wasn't pleased with him at all. He was afraid, so he went and hid the, the talent, the money, and it gained nothing. We can't do that with our talents. The talents that the Lord gave us, we've got to put them to work. If we want to be pleasing to the Lord, we're going to have to take the talent that He gave us at whatever level it is, whatever, I don't know, strength that you have. It needs to be placed with the Lord and placed to work for the Lord. So God gives each one of us a talent. We've got to find out how we're going to use it. You know, the main thing we we're trying to stress here is when we serve others, we serve God. That's what happens. When we serve others, yeah, they get a benefit from it. But that's just like, you know, I mean, that's like anything else. You know, Christ, when He came and healed the blind man and, and did all of that stuff, you know, that was, that was great. The guy was no longer blind and all of those, those kind of things. But it, it had an eternal... His coming had an eternal purpose. We talked about that. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And the fact that he was nice to some people and, and did those things, I know that has a purpose. People were able to see these miracles in it, and it built faith in their life, and, and those things had purpose. But when we serve others... We're serving God. When we serve Him in this way, when we bring that gospel to Him, we serve God. Let's look at Matthew 25, 34-40. Then shall the king say unto them on, on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation of the world. For I was a hundred, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Now, he's in front of these disciples saying all of this. And they're listening to him. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. Verse 36, naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him saying, Lord, when saw we thee a and fed thee? I mean, they're bewildered about this. You know, we, Lord, when did, we, when did we see you hungry? And I mean, we've been with you all this time. We never fed you. Or thirsty and gave thee drink. When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee, thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king answered and said unto, saith unto them, say unto them, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as ye have done it unto one of them, the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. He said, You know, when you do it to the very least of these people out here, you've done that to me. And it is the very same thing that we're talking about when we go out here and share the gospel with someone. And you may not be successful in that. You may be able to say, I've done that a long time and I never had any results. But you know what, you've done the work. Paul talked about that. And he talked about him planting the seed and Apollos watering it. But God gave the increase. And I think we have to fix that hard in our mind. We can get discouraged with some of this work. Don't be discouraged. Do the work. That's God's plan. When you do the work, you're serving others. And when you serve others, you're serving Christ. And you're serving them by spreading the gospel. That's the message. It is important to Jesus. It is very important to Jesus that we serve others. Upmost important. In John 12 and 26, the Bible says here, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am there shall also my servant be. Jesus said, if you serve him there you're, you're gonna, or follow him, you're going to be there. You're going to be there with him. If any man serve me, him will my Father honor. It is important to Jesus. So who do we serve? Christ? Yeah, we should. And we should desire to be with Christ and to honor God in, in all that we do. And this is one aspect of it. So this week, you've got a, a fantastic opportunity to do that. You've got an opportunity to give a name or suggest that somebody go by and visit or even come out and work. We've had several members of the congregation here that's come out and worked with us. We love that. You know, we like doing that. We really do. (laughs) It's refreshing to see that. And know that a congregation that it's important. And to bring that soul saving message to the people who are lost. You think about that. That's the message that Christ had that would save the lost. And we bring it with long-suffering and patience and kindness. I think sometimes some people might think, well, you know, I don't, I don't want to make somebody mad, or I don't want somebody to get upset with me. or I can assure you, the guys that are doing this work and the elders here at this congregation want it done the right way and then when we do it the right way this is the way we do it from John 12 and 26 and the servant of the Lord must not strive that means to be arguing around and cutting up with somebody the servant of the Lord must not strive what does it what does it say that's a must not that's not one of them well you know if they say something to you then you know that's an absolute right there The servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto, how many men? All men. Some men? All men. Why is that? You ever ever try to think about that? I mean, why, why does the Lord want us to be gentle unto all men? It's influence, isn't it? But be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. And the last one, which is a challenge for me, is patience. The Bible wants us to be long-suffering and wants to be kind and gentle. And when you do that, you're going to teach your family that saving souls is very important. It's not just the person that you're ministering into. It's your family. It's your children. It's your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. And they look at you and they look at your life and they look what you're doing. They look what you advocate. They look what you support. And they also look at what you criticize. And they look at what you condemn. Don't do that. Support the work and let your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren see that it's important in your life and it will be important in their life. And serve Christ is to serve others. Serving others with the gospel. This is your message tonight. Thank you for your attention. I appreciate that very much. We've got a song that we're going to sing as an invitation song. The church stands ready to help you in any way that we can. Uh, If someone needs the prayers of the church, someone else that might be sufficiently taught and wants to obey the Lord in baptism, the church here stands ready to assist you and to help you with that. And we'd ask you to come forward as we stand sing the song that's been selected.